Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Yeah, welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. I got a hot show today, D'Anthony. Oh, yeah. Whenever we have a country music superstar in the show, you know it's going to be a goddamn good day. Well, you know... uh, a triple threat as well, right? Oh, does he... So he's a former Army Does aviator. he dance? Oh, no, no. That's not like... I didn't mean... Uh, I thought you meant a real triple threat. No, I thought are, he acted. He was a little actor and a little they, dancer. What do they call it? A multi-hyphenate or some shit? Is yeah, that they the, call it a triple threat. The gay lingo in, yeah, in Hollywood? Yeah, in Hollywood. Uh, he doesn't go by that, No, though. he's very anti-woke and a former Army... I think you were a Blackhawk pilot, right? Is that right? A Blackhawk yeah. Black aviator, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Sweet. look at that. So, three uh, things. Welcome to the show, Ryan Weaver. It's awesome to have you here, friend. You know, we've known each other for a while on the interwebs and shit for fucking years, I guess. Uh, we never, I don't think I've ever, no, we've never run into each other in person, right? I don't think. Maybe I don't it, think so, man. I think we, we keep talking back and forth and messages and whatnot and obviously mm. think exactly the same as each other, but uh, yeah. we have never run into each other. Yeah, and then it's, I it's saw your, uh, I saw your uh, brother-in-law at a Tampa Bay Rays game. He's a sheriff down there. Yep. And we ran into him, and he was like, uh, he was, I don't remember what we were talking about because I was drunk as shit, but. You kept talking about the Holocaust. Oh, yeah. I was talking about the Holocaust. He goes, oh, my buddy was involved in that. Yeah. He's actually my brother in law. I'm like, oh, shit. Who's your brother in law? And they said, Ryan Weaver. And I was like, oh, the country singer? And they were like, yeah, do you know his backstory? I said, no. And they said, every song he sings is about the Holocaust. Mm. True or false, Ryan? No. <laughs> 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 no for real though he was a super nice guy yeah he was awesome uh, frank yeah frank is a great guy he's yeah. he's, he's uh when when our family obviously we'll talk a little bit about all that stuff but when our family was dealing dealing with what we were dealing with he was uh he, he just uh the dude is as nice when you meet him in uniform he acts exactly the same way in person he's just a cool he's cool as fuck yeah, I think the first thing he said when he approached me was he was trying to sell us on some protective security detail. Yep. Uh, there like you go. For, for in the area, we need protective security. I'm like, can you just hold my gun for me? Yeah, and that's kind of all we then need. Then give it back to me when I get here because yeah. I'll pay for that too. And I that's also it. protective security because yeah. you're, you're securing you Dan's gun, yeah. which is nice. And it's Florida. You yeah, don't need yeah. a permit there anymore, so it's all legal. You don't need anything over there. I just travel with an alligator. So if, I, if shit you know, starts to get a little... <laughs> A little out of control. I'll just chuck an alligator oh, yeah. at somebody and not look back. I you never don't, look back, right? You don't need anything legally, but I would recommend wearing a condom everywhere you go, mm. just in case. Yeah, and yeah. and and you, you one should, uh, especially down in Florida. Now, you began your career in 2005 while while you were still in overseas, correct? Uh. Actually, I mean, I, I went through flight school in 2000, started doing karaoke and singing competitions in flight school because I was broke off my ass and uh, going through a divorce and um, and was winning and then started writing while I was in Iraq in 2003 and 2004. But uh, when I came back from Iraq is when I did a military auto competition for the for the Army and got runner up. But uh, that spiraled into a bunch of different events that I, I really started going after it for real i'd say 2005 2006 when i was restationed at fort rucker okay so let me ask you this then uh if you start off in karaoke what's your go-to song everybody's got a go-to karaoke song 
What's yours? Is it standing outside the fire by Garth Brooks? Yes or no? No. Okay. Uh, the one that won me pretty much every competition I did was Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. Um, that oh, one was yeah. uh, the, the very first karaoke competition I ever won. I sang Amazed by Lone Star, which uh, uh, was, you know, I came in with fake, with pleather pants and, you know, skin tight pleather <laughs> pants looking all kinds of goofy and shit. But, uh, <laughs> um, but I, hey, I won the money. So, and that, yeah. that got things started, really started the passion and performing. So I just learned two things about you. One, you are a dancer because you can't do Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy without dancing. But I can't dance for shit. Without gyrating or (laughs) something. But you have to dance to that song, though. Yeah. Well, freestyle. Freestyle. I'll give it freestyle. You put me in any kind of a coordinated whatever it is, I'm fucked. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just drink enough until your body gets limber, I think. is is, There you go. That's that's how. It's either that or line dancing for you guys or the two-step, but that's only in Texas. I don't think it's allowed outside of Texas. I don't think it is either. Um, And by the way, Big and Rich, dude, ironically, it turned them into their own name. I mean, they became Big and Rich after that fucking song. That that goddamn thing was everywhere, dude. Save a horse, ride a cowboy. And then the other thing I learned is if you sing Amaze, that means you can actually sing and you're not just playing chords and yeah that's and a tough one that's a tough one i like that yeah it, it's kind of one of the you know when i got things started i didn't know i mean I, I wasn't a trained vocalist i started late in my life i mean in my late 20s and and uh really didn't know that i could do it it wasn't something i had an idea i had a talent to do but then i got out there i mean i would always sing that sing different songs or whatever that were on the radio and then when i mean it but you're talking about podunk alabama so whether it was actually a great version of this song i don't know but um it was an i mean I, I there were a bunch of women that could really blow i mean they could sing like nobody's business there they had incredible voices and um did did pretty well so i was happy about that but yeah i mean i guess it's all relative as to whether somebody thinks you suck or not but nobody ever tells you <laughs> they sure don't uh, although i will tell you now i don't think we we can say women can really blow anymore i think we're not allowed to say i that, say whatever right? the fuck i want uh, that, and that's that gonna a, that's gonna be one of the theme. themes of the show today is that because uh, he's the, the the third part of ryan's triple threat is that he doesn't give a fuck sure right? sure absolutely is, <laughs> that's why we became friends in the first i place. just i want to keep saying it though uh hum uh, man these these women can really hum you know like well, I, hum I think, has other connotations though, like an engine hum. They can too. sing. They can sing. Yeah, an engine hum. Back when uh, I used to, I didn't realize that you know it's kind of one of those things. Is I, I'm so used to saying that because they could really freaking sing. They had vote, vote, and they called. That's what they said. Man, she could blow. Oh no, I'm, I'm now, fucking with now, you. Yeah, I'm totally fucking way. with you. Yeah, I'm totally fucking with you. <laughs> Everything's so goddamn PC now. It's just like it's all out the window. And no, dude, I say they can give great blowjobs too. Who gives a shit? It's drinking, bros. We don't fucking care. It's not no it's not like you're saying they're doing something bad it's awesome dude or poorly i guess it could be considered bad but not poor yeah i mean you got you got me (laughs) one would hope you know if you interviewed my wife she'd be like oh yeah you could eat box with the best of them like that's what you hope for you want to be great at certain things in this life so sure like i'm not going to take that as an insult i kind of feel like we should get baseball cards made I would love with to. those we did, stats actually. on the back. We we did not, for uh, BroBox. Not with those stats though. I think we did. Some no, of them the had stats it. were all nonsense. Okay, it was all fucking dumb stuff. Nothing about box munching, huh? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I think there might have been something about Jared eating hot dogs, mm. but that's that's obvious. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Whether you could inhale the whole thing before he actually had to chew. Oh he yeah, can, the glizzies, sure. dude. Yeah. yeah, you can just suck it down now. I watched that TikTok video. We showed it on the show a few weeks back. Yeah, dude, <laughs> sucking down glizzies. Uh, so how long 
until you got out of the military that uh, you ended up signing a record deal and started performing and all that stuff in front of huge crowds? Well, here's the crazy thing, man. I've never had a record deal. I've never had a song on the radio. I've never You're had kidding. formal management. Never had any of it. It's all everything that everybody sees. Everything that I've done has all been outside the box of Nashville. It's been completely off the. Um, you know, the, the everybody everybody in Nashville looks at me as a military guy first, and then they look at me as an artist. But I mean, to to be able to say that. I performed in Madison Square Garden, AT&T Stadium, you name it, the biggest arenas across mm-hmm. the nation. Uh, um, that Burn did really well. All these song- music videos, everything that I've released, I've either co-written or I have one or two songs that I didn't co-write, but it's it's all been done on my own. Uh, well, not on my own. It's all been done with the help of folks, but not necessarily the record industry when it comes to that. So it's been it's been an incredible ride to be able to say that I owe nobody any money. Yeah, yeah let's that's talk, unbelievable. Let, let, yeah, let's, let's talk about because there's a lot of that's uh, amazing. There's a lot of SoundCloud rappers who have gone through that same process, and then typically they get picked off by a label. But the labels, the, the labels they get picked off by are typically ones that are run by other artists, like Young Thug or fucking right. Diddy or some shit like that. Right, but I there think really most isn't. people stayed though. Like Chance the Rapper, after he blew up, I think he stayed yeah he's still publishing right? his own stuff. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a bunch of dudes, but you you don't see that very much ever. Like you see it in indie rock sometimes, but you don't. And there, but there's even big indie rock labels now. You don't see yep. it very much in country music, especially mm-hmm. right. Um, so you're kind of living the blueprint to get artists to to bypass all this bureaucratic bullshit and just put their music right out to people who enjoy it and, and this might be the first time in human history you have the ability to even do that unless you're going to sell cds out of the back of your trunk right yeah yeah i mean it's it's you have the tom mcdonald's of the world you have i mean tmr and i are working together the marine rapper and i are mm-hmm. working together on a couple different projects uh it, as the as an independent artist now you have folks that are incredibly intelligent on how i mean these you're seeing a lot of these guys that don't have record labels that are topping the charts and they're the billboard charts. When back in the day, it was all controlled by the record labels. Uh, a lot of folks don't realize that I'm, I'm going to, I'll tell a short story real quick and it won't make this too long. But when I first came into town in 2006, a guy named Wayne Hopper was the CEO of, of Capitol records when Garth Brooks took off. Um, he was up on stage speaking. Essentially it was one of those, uh, it was at the George Jones ranch, uh hand out your business card pay 300 bucks hand out your business card you know do some networking all that it was actually an amazing investment for me but uh, he got up and he said there are two things that are going to make you successful in this town and neither one of them are talent he said who you know and how much money you have yep that's the bottom line is the what makes you successful in nashville and there are a thousand people that come to nashville a day with a guitar and a dream and a thousand people that leave Nashville a day with an empty guitar case because they had to sell it to get home because they didn't learn about the music business. And that was one of the biggest pieces of advice that I got when I first was coming to town because these guys these and, and gals, these independent artists that are out there have really figured out how the music business can work for, in their favor and they don't end up owing everything, you know, a portion of their merchandise, a portion of their, of their publishing, a portion of the 360 deals that became prevalent in in nashville and now you don't get a record deal in nashville unless you're coming with big money to the table because they don't invest in people the way that they used to and a lot of folks like you said are getting signed off of tiktok for publishing deals that actually turn into record deals from the publishing mm-hmm. company after they've already written songs and made money yep. for that publishing company i mean big uh, big loud shirt you got everybody's heard the song florida uh, cruise by florida georgia line they yep. spent a bunch of money on that song as a publishing company before it, e- it even became a song on top 40 radio. So you could imagine 
the whole landscape started changing once CDs were no longer and and full album digital downloads were no longer the case. Everybody was buying songs by the individual, you know, individual song and streaming them. So, yeah, and I'll, I'll back up this story. So my my father was a country DJ in Nashville uh, back in the day in the late 80s and, uh, and early 90s. And if you wanted to get on, there would usually be an envelope full of cash, uh, either from a, a record executive or somebody else or the artists themselves who had, you know, rich parents or friends or whatever it is, and they would come in and, and try to pay money to get on the radio and get uh, radio play and everything else. Uh, then let's say you did make it or somebody liked your song enough. Uh, somebody else would usually come in through the back door and say, hey, can we buy that? Because so-and-so is more famous and we would love them to sing it. Mm. And that happens yep. all the fucking time. And you never hear about it. Happens in comedy. Well, I don't know about it anymore, but it used to happen in comedy. No, no, no. A lot. Now, so the one, and you maybe you know no, this I mean story. In, I mean, in comedy, it used to happen oh, in, in comedy, comedy a lot yeah, as well. well. I don't think so much anymore. Music, but. though, a lot. Mm. And uh, maybe you can back up the story for me because the, the last one I heard through some friends of ours was uh, there is a team of writers uh, that are all in Nashville, and they're just hoping to get the publishing rights on one of these songs, and they want them to take off. Uh, what they were telling us was the top guys like Blake Shelton. If you could get Blake Shelton to sing your song, you could get a million dollars off of that and the publishing and everything else if you're able to do it. However, that song probably would have been better sung for somebody else. But if Blake sings it, it's going to get on the radio and everybody they're going to uh, dump a bunch of money into it, get everybody to play it you know, and stations across the nation. And that's how you have the best shot at making the most amount of money. So it's not about building stars. It's just about giving the stars that are already built more content with pre-written songs. Is that true? Well, there are a bunch of different ways it's done, but one of the, one of the ways or one of the things that I started, I mean, that I learned about was the publishing companies essentially have groups of people that write specifically for artists. They're writing specifically for those, um, you know, that style. But anyone in, that listens to country music nowadays, if you hear anything from the, the, the big, like the Blake Shelton's of the world, the Carrie Underwood's of the world, these songs, if you notice, there are other big artists that are out there, they sound the same. They, they are very similar. Like they have the same chord progressions. They have the same lyrical content. Um, there's a formula in, you know, for writing these songs for these folks. And specifically if they want them to, uh, you know, want to have a song that's written, that sounds like something that they would sing. So they have their own teams of writers and, uh, but a lot of these artists also started seeing that there was um, big money uh, would, would not like Garth Brooks. Uh, we, I, and I heard about this and uh, from multiple people, whether I can confirm it myself personally, but I did hear from more than one person. Garth Brooks used to not he would never cut a song unless he got a portion of the writing royalties. Um, and mm. even whether whether he wrote it or not, which was a smart business move, because someone wants Garth Brooks to cut their songs. Obviously, they're going to make a shit ton of money off of that song because if Garth Brooks cuts it and puts it on the radio, it's going to go number one back when he was, you know, in his heyday. And I mean, if Blake Shelton does the same thing, it's going to be a it's going to be a beast. So, yeah, I mean, the, what you're saying is absolutely true. It's um, these publishing companies. A lot of folks don't realize, but the publishing companies and the writers in Nashville really run this town because you can't an, an artist if they're not a songwriter. Um, by themselves, they there's nothing without the song. It all it, that's the saying in the writing world. It all starts with a song, and you can't if you don't have the writers that can write at the level that need you know for the song to get on to be 
quality enough to get on the radio or to be good enough uh, to get cut by an artist the, the, the artist is never going to have it anyway it's so so you got to have those writers out there that really are making the difference for those for the artists now but then you started getting and i'm not saying i'm i'm not at a blake shelton or anywhere like that level but you started getting artists like myself when when i came into town record labels and everybody were looking for as you said that triple threat you can write your own stuff you play and you and you and you can you sing and perform i mean those you those are dance. all different you can say dance you can and, dance. And the, the dancing wasn't necessary i mean look at the alan jacksons and george straits of the world they can stand there behind a microphone and not do anything i mean chris stapleton his voice and his guitar That's true. playing conway yeah. 20 yeah old conway <laughs> Yeah, but but, you know, but that's what they're looking for. You know, they're looking they're looking for those artists that were triple threats and would write their own stuff. And that's why I said publishing deals now are more prevalent to get an artist rec- record deal or excuse me, artist uh, career started than anything else in Nashville. Yeah, hundred percent with you, man. That's that's the truth. Man, uh, that's wild to me. Yeah, Alan Jackson. Uh, he got his workouts through domestic violence, but um, yeah, I, I think Chattahoochee hit what Ryan cut to Ryan. He just buried his his head in his hands. Don't laugh at that, Ryan. All we're doing is reading the police That's report. That's all bud. we're doing, yeah. Ryan. Like, Don't <laughs> laugh at we didn't, that. We didn't right set now. him up. <laughs> God, fuck? I didn't huh. make him drink that bottle of whiskey. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, it was probably Coors Light. Coors, man. Coors, the banquet beer. Or Bud Heavies. I could see Coors. him as a Bud Heavy guy. Yeah. He did have that one That's little, and I'm going to stand up for the audience here. Ryan, I want you to look at this, okay? As I'm going to stand up for the audience. He had that, the thing with the guitar where he would kind of uh, flick his cock yeah, yeah, against yeah. it. Uh, against yeah. an Aku guitar, flick it's that cock using against the it. Cock laser. Your, your guitar is a cock laser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's oh, before. And oh, yeah. that. That's before he went water skiing on the Chattahoochee <laughs> River, which you can't do in real life. So, whatever. Um, I'm from right. there, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I understand it. Where are you so, from? Uh, Ch- I actually grew up on the Chattahoochee River. I went to Chattahoochee High School, so I'm from uh, Georgia. I lived in Mariana from uh, preschool to third grade. Yeah, so uh, right at, next door. As a kid, yeah, Sandy Springs. Uh, Ryan Seacrest is from there as well. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> wow. then Roswell Alpharetta, and I grew up on the Chattahoochee River, and then I went to Chattahoochee High School. So that whole, right on. I, I did learn a, a lot about living and a little about love uh, through most of those summers. So Alan wasn't <laughs> lying; he wasn't lying. Now, obviously, he was going home to uh, to give his wife one from the basement, but. Uh, you know, we don't know what she did. And, you know, I don't know if she left the lawnmower turned upside down in the yard. Who fucking knows, dude? That's Alan Jackson, brother. Uh, with you, what was the first song that hit and where did you put it? Um, my my first song? Mm-hmm. Uh, we did Crank It. Uh, that was the very song I actually, the very first song I actually wrote in Nashville when I was traveling back and forth. Uh, about in 2006, I started traveling back and forth actively to Nashville and writing and networking and whatnot. But uh, Crank It was the first song I ever wrote. And then the music video was all self-funded, fan-funded. Uh, got John Karabi, uh, the last lead singer of Motley Crue. He's the preacher in there. Um, everybody in there is my family or friends. Uh, the guy that I was a roommate with, when we wrote this song is in his military uniform he's, he's a retired apache guy but um yeah i mean it, it was a fun video to do it, it has a, a backstory of shallow Hal in it which uh, there's a lot of folks don't watch it all the way to the very very end to get that you know at the end of a movie when stuff comes back after the credits kind of thing but uh it, it has a it, my sixth sense of humor is in there and but to, yeah we i love doing the video the song was freaking 
fun as shit. We love doing it live. It's a great. It's a rocker. It's just. I mean, we. It, it's a banger for sure. So. And where did you put it at? Like, uh, as an artist, do you go to SoundCloud first? Do you go to YouTube first? Um, because we get this question all the time of like, how do I self-publish? How do I get my name out there and everything else? Yeah, we had uh, Danny Warsnot from Asking Alexander, yep. a good buddy of ours. We had him on the okay. show one time, and he kind of broke down the streaming revenue from each different site. And it's, I mean, it's pretty wide. Like the the difference between yeah. streaming on Spotify versus uh, uh, SoundCloud or something, it's way apart. For the audience, uh, you couldn't uh, for the audio audience um, only today. The uh, he held up a zero for zero dollars there in yeah. streaming, and that is almost nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I did. I had a digital distributor. I found out about a guy that uh, distributed uh, independent artist music. Uh, he, he focused on independent artist distribution to get me out to all the outlets but the biggest thing for crank it um i did a music video promotion because a lot of folks don't realize that if you hear a song on the radio top 40 radio they've spent at least 35 grand a month on that song to get to top 40 radio it's and the payola that you were talking about uh that's supposedly illegal now Mm. but Mm. if a record label wants to give a record a radio station you know, 300 iPads to give away to all of their listeners with the single downloaded on the iPad uh, as a giveaway. It's not considered payola and paying for advertisement slots on a radio station to have a song played is also not considered payola. Uh, so it's there, there are different ways of getting around it. But as an independent artist, there are still gatekeepers in radio. Now, on the streaming side of it and the music video side of it, back when we were, if people were still actively watching music videos on CMT and the the Country Network and the Nashville Network and all those uh, those networks out there, uh, TNN, the Nashville Network, that turned into something else. It was, I can't remember. I think it turned into TNN. Anyway, one of the pr- producers on that show really took a liking to crank it, uh, the music video for it, and became a fan. And he was responsible for putting it on their, their, they had a top 10 countdown or top six countdown every night. And then the first, right after the top 10 countdown happened, they had a um, uh, rewind or a daily rewind or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, and they had the rising star position between number one, and number two on, on the network. And then they, you know, obviously you could go back on the daily rewinds. Well, he hacked, had the, the, person hack into the system you could not put a music video within 30 minutes of itself and their system you couldn't put it on twice so they put me in in the rising star position and he figured out how to get me in the first video on the rewind so taylor swiss red was number one on the top 10 countdown when it came out and my song played right right before hers in between the number two and number one and then it also played right after hers on the rewind so the music video was playing two times for every one time her video was playing until it was no longer number one. So I was, I was pretty, that was a great investment in that, but that's how I did. I mean, I focused on the music videos more than the, the streaming and getting it on those platforms at top 40 because it costs so much money for an independent, um, independent radio station promotion was ridiculously expensive. I couldn't afford to do a top 40 radio promotion. Most of the songs, that were on uh, you know on the radio were all controlled by the gatekeepers and the Nash and the the record labels so for me it was it was uh, the video focus uh, really helped me get shows and and advance my career in that regard so I took a completely different route as far as that was concerned 
Yeah, it's uh, it's very fascinating because uh, on this show um, we've done shit. Uh, me and, and my co-host we've done a bunch of like joke rap songs and then self distributed yeah. them out everywhere. Obviously, you know Matt Best, uh, uh, yeah, as, yeah, as well. And uh, him and I have done a, a bunch of songs and we'll get paid for it and they'll go high in the charts. They'll go to like you know number five or number six. I did the song called Waffle House Waitress. I think I got up to number three. And uh, everybody's like, oh, my God, you must be rich. And I was like, no, I, I probably paid 10K at the end of the day. And, uh, you yeah. know, after a year or whatever it was on there and you're just like you get I don't know. I think it was point zero two percent of a penny or something crazy like that. <laughs> um, so it's it's hard to get rich off yeah. of that. But I will say this, the model with uh, especially when you're shooting at prime locations like the Waffle House. Well, right. That was because amazing, I yeah. think out of that 10 grand, <laughs> the song made, I think uh, uh, 2500 would just spent on Waffle House food. It was and it was well worth it, by <laughs> the way. I ate all of it and it was delightful. <clears throat> Those patty melts. They yeah. add up. They add oh, up over time. Yeah. I, you you got to get that in your solar plexus, dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> patty melt from Texas and my solar plexus. That was one of the songs. Um, you're welcome for that. But with that, um, you're right. If you have a good music video, uh, you're able to get it out on like a distro kit or something like that. And then it goes to all the platforms. And then hopefully people buy it and stream it. The biggest one now is uh, Instagram. So Instagram Reels, they're allowing you to put songs in there. YouTube is also allowing it now on their shorts. So there is more avenues, uh, or revenue streams uh, to make more money off of this stuff. Um, it's whether or not you're willing to take the gamble on yourself and actually invest your own money into doing it and that being your career. Because there's 50-50, right? Either people really want to do that or they're like, no, man, I want to be on the biggest label in Nashville and I want to go on tour and all that other shit. But then they also <laughs> might get a bill at the end of the year for that one hit song and that tour. And then you owe the label $1.2 million, which we also have friends of that's happened to yeah. as well. <clears throat> It's the same yeah. with books, by the way. Yeah. The, this, yeah. I, I think <clears throat> publishing books right now and publishing music, actually publishing mu- music is probably easier because you can legit, just, if you have friends like us, we could record. We have, we have the equipment. There's a lot of people out there where you could just call your buddy and be like, hey, do you have the equipment? Let's record a, a good song right quick. And then we have people like Georgia who mix live audio a lot, who know how to do that stuff. Right. Um, uh, so I think there's a lot of those folks out there. And then there's the equipment isn't all that expensive anymore to get good audio. And then it's just a fucking MP3 file. It's like it 25 megabytes. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Recorded out of a closet. Yeah. I mean, uh, ser- yeah. that's what I'm telling you. Uh, Jared's, you've seen it. Jared's, Three megabytes, yeah. Jared's uh, <clears throat> studio at his house with, where they do all the audios. It's ju- it used to be a closet. Mm-hmm. They just converted it. But for books, that's hard. And it's, it's the same. Yeah. It's the same kind of situation. There's gatekeepers everywhere. There is. And I will say this because, you know, being a, an author, like on my side, um, self-publishing is way more lucrative than going and having your agent shop it to like uh, literally 10 or anybody else. Like 10 X. Oh, yeah, dude. And I, I didn't know until <laughs> I'd done a, a couple that were bestsellers and all that stuff. And uh, and then I got the residuals and I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. I'm getting $7 an audio book if I put it out on my own and you're paying me $1.25 from Penguin. Fuck this. Um, but if you have the fan base and the audience, you're able to do that. Um, right. And that's helpful if you don't. I always wonder about these people like Lil Nas X, for example, in Old Town Road, where you're just something just pops in the ether and then boom, dude, you're a superstar overnight. 
you'd have a better shot at buying a lottery ticket. Oh, yeah. Though, right? But it, it makes me nervous Absolutely. for those guys, too, because I don't think any of them, like some, some people are able to fold that into longer-term success, but I don't think a lot of these kids that get one to pop are prepared for it. And I don't mean prepared for all the money that comes in. I mean prepared to actually monetize that. Right. Because the industry is so fucked up. You put like your heart and soul into this piece of content and all of a sudden somebody else owns 80% of it and you're like, what, what the fuck just happened? What just happened? Yeah. He was ready though. That last out. I mean, he's put out bangers, <clears throat> that guy. So luckily he was ready, but a lot of people aren't. Um, what is your strategy for the future? Where do you think the future of music is headed? Um, because, you know, I don't know if you heard the rumor, Spotify is looking to try to get out of music at the end of the day and just go to Strictly Podcasts um, simply because they don't want to pay the labels. The labels are asking for too much money. Um, what is your strategy going forward to the future? Is it touring? Like, that's where the real cash is? I mean, for me, I've never, uh, quite honestly, I've never focused in any of my, any, uh, in any time in my career of making money off the music itself. I mean, that really, and a lot of folks won't, you know, I mean, a lot of folks won't agree with me, but I look at how I've been paying my bills when I paid my bills through COVID. That was a, that was a big eye opener as well. Um, but my partner brands, uh, I w- started with Grunt Style, my T-shirts moved to Nine Line. Now I'm with a smaller uh, T-shirt brand company. I had Lane Boots, had my own cowboy boots and boot barn uh, on the boot barn shelves in Nordstrom. Uh, these partner brands for me have been essentially my bill payers liberty home concealment patch operations uh you name it i mean the the list goes on but i i essentially when i started touring with professional bull riders uh well when burn came out actually that was probably when my music video burn would have been guys the guys came out chris pronto john tigan mm-hmm. that really uh launched my career into the pbr realm with the professional bull riders and when I was out there with the PBR touring, it, it, every opportunity that I got, if someone was talking to me about, you know, jeans or cowboy hats or cowboy boots or socks or T-shirts or whatever it was, I, I, I kept saying they kept saying, hey, we want to make you an ambassador for the brand. And I and I would reply to them, well, I would rather be a partner with you. And so there's a lot of there were a lot of ambassador codes and stuff like that that I, I really don't like pushing ambassador codes. I, if I support a product or I use a product or something like that, and um, I get a discount or whatever it is, and I can make you know I probably will make significantly less money off of it than I ever would if I was a partner brand with them. But essentially, all I did was take my name and put my name with the product and have a a line done with that company with my name on it, and then do a royalty on the backside. So there's really no front. Uh, the only upfront cost for the company is essentially design and manufacturing if it's a big thing like the cowboy boots but otherwise you know they're doing them to order or whatever it may be and keeping a small inventory so it was it turned out to be a, a, a good situation for them as well i've got i mean i've been a partner brand with patch ops for three or four years now i've been a partner brand with liberty home concealment for four or five years lane boots the partnership um i mean fashion is a little bit different than everything else so the partnership um, ended last year, but I mean, I had a partnership with the same pair of cowboy boots, and we said, and I mean, we were in Shepler's, we we're everywhere. My cowboy boots were on the shelves of every every store that I know of. Um, but that's that was my, you know, what helped me be success. I, I feel be successful in the music business on that side, and then still focusing on the 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 music videos. I'm still going to do that. That's no um, that's a no brainer because I've, I've already have the formula. I know what I need to do when it comes to that. But I've really gotten one of the things that I've found lately the, over the last couple of years, telling my story and motivational speaking mm-hmm. uh, and, co- and combining those motivational speeches with concerts. 
And so essentially corporations bring me in, I do a keynote speech, they get to know my background, they get to know my story. And then for their main gala night or whatever it is, or entertainment, or for, you know, things like SHOT Show, whatever it is, uh, I can go in and, and, and do that. But I, I have the capabilities of doing a full band concert after that. And then it's like it's, you're partying with your friends. Yep. So for me, that's I, I think that, you know, Top 40 radio is something I still would love to have a song on Top 40 with TMR. He and I are really going to work <clears> on. Uh, so he, he's got the formula down on how to get songs to the Top 40 with uh, that entire conservative rap group of folks that are out there Topher, all those guys they're, yeah. they're they're they've got this figured out how to do it he and i are going to work together on a few projects uh craig campbell and i uh if the fo your folks out there know craig campbell he and i have a song we wrote together we're actually going to uh record that he's going to feature on it so we've got some we got some big things coming up in the next couple of years that uh, with this year and next year that uh, i'm excited about but I think that for me down the line, I mean, I'm not getting any younger. None of us are. The music business is just like the uh, Hollywood business, all that. Uh, age really is a factor as far as what, what they're willing to do for you. Uh, my plan is to continue doing the music, but doing the more focusing on the motivational speaking, got to write a book, just the same, all that stuff. You know, the, the, the drive is is going to continue as, as long as I can breathe, that's for sure. Well, I think this is a good time, Dan, for you and I to pitch him what, what we've been working on, which is uh, we want to do a hardcore graphic, uh, graphic gay country album. Mm -hmm. um, and I, are you in? Uh, we, we need it, to it, know it, that. Because the, uh, you got to make sure if you, I'm telling you right now, I'm out immediately. If you don't put on the, the front album of that cover as the title, fuck them in the butt. Well, if you don't do that, well, we'll put F-I-T-T-B. Yeah, because we got to go out. F we, you want T-shirts, obviously. So you can't. Yeah, well, hashtag F-T-I-T-B. Right? Yeah, yeah we're down with that. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, Tim Montana yeah. said he would do one. Tim Montana's in. Um, so the first song is uh, Breathe Hard, Fuck Tough, yeah. which we recommend for <laughs> everybody out there. And you can't tell it's gay until the very end. Very end. So if you're like, and that'll be the first song on the album, too. So if you just pick up an album and you start listening to it, you're like, oh, this is some good country music. And then all of a sudden, things take a turn. So they take a dark yeah. turn. Yeah. They always do. So with every song. Uh, another one that we wrote is called uh, Queef on My Jeans. Now, in that one, it turns a guy gay because his first sexual experience with a girl was in a car and she queefed on his jeans. Yeah, and it was a Dodge okay. Dart, too, which is not yes. even a good car. and then just left one in, in the car, too. Yeah. Um, you got to write one that's called Peg Me, man. Oh, wow. That was our, our very first episode, Pegging Explained, on this show. So you know somebody's you getting go. pegged. Yeah. Well, there I think you go. You gotta, she pegged me. I mean, it's... Well, he... She got it right. She got it wrong. She pegged me, he, however it was. This is he, obviously. He pegged me. Um, and it's... Uh, he actually gets fucked by a pirate. So it's well, uh, well, a double it's, entendre. Yeah. But, I mean, you can't do the tranny thing, though. So you can't say it's a he... Whatever. Yeah. No, we can do whatever we want because yeah. we're, we don't give a shit. And we're independent yeah. artists just like you, Rye yeah. Guys. So it's not going to matter. But uh, we are looking for some guest singers... Uh, and then also some power bottoms in the video. And if you want to be in that, I mean, obviously, you'd be face down. Or I'll be on top of you. Um, but that's something. Uh, you just do it. I talk to your management or whoever. And uh, and then you can back to us. Yeah, on pray that. on it. Pray, pray on, on it. it. Yeah. Pray on it. <laughs> Stay prayed up, obviously. I don't know, man. This project sounds too serious for me. Well, th <laughs> I just think about it. Go to the Hallow app tonight, um, uh, Mark Wahlberg's app, and just kind of pray on it for a little bit and then get back to us. 
Um, what, what, Ryan? I'm. It's it's an app that just gives you. This is the best fucking podcast I've ever been on in my life. <clears throat> There's another one that's kind of an aggressive one. So this this is a character that I've been developing over the years, and maybe it's just me. Yeah, uh, but I think it is. It's like a it's it's a southern aggressive gay dude. Mm-hmm. And he's it, the the song is uh, "Suck on my balls, you son of a bitch." And we've all heard it fifty thousand yeah. times. If you want to give him the two lines, go ahead. Dude. It's it. "Suck on my balls, you son." But of you a bitch. sing it every time you come into the office. Every day. I do. I sing it randomly, but I'm not going to be put on the spot. Come on, no, dude. I'll, I'll do it. Uh, I'll do it randomly during the show sometime. Okay, you do it with like a, a thick southern accent when you say it. Mm. "Suck on my balls." You got, it's, you there's a bit balls. of W in the balls. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, gotta, put suck balls. on my balls, you son of there a bitch. There That's it the song. That's it right, right there. That's the song. Yeah. So that's, we hear that every day. That's the hook anyways. Yeah. yeah. But there's yeah. a bunch of there other stuff go. going on there. So you can, again, it's one, technically that could be you telling some asshole to su- suck my balls. Dude. Sure. Like, like Eric Cartman, right? But in but this case. But it gets case, really sexual towards the end. This is graphic yeah. and it's gay and it's sexual. Ryan, real quick, we got some sponsors to put this show on the air. First and foremost, ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. 50% off the bundle package. Dean Gitt. That is the mattress and the adjustable base combined together. It just comes in two boxes, dude. All you got to do is drag it in your bedroom, pop it up, and even a dummy like me was able to assemble it in 10 minutes, for Christ's sakes. I've had it for four years. Zero problems with that fucking thing. Uh, now, everybody loves the Split King. That, that is not available when I bought mine four years ago, but uh, way to go, Ghostbed, with the new innovations. That comes with two remote controls instead of one. That is their most popular version there, and you control your own destiny. So if your lava goes to sleep before or after you, uh, look, dude, you can keep it up, you can keep it down. And it does go upsy downsy all around these too. It just still does all the fun stuff. It's just a split king. That's all. Uh, now, if you're if you already have an adjustable base and you just want the mattress, or maybe you want some sheets or some pillows, uh, or even an RV mattress or a weighted blanket, forty percent off is what you're going to get when you type in the promo code Drinking Bros at checkout over there. Monster savings. So let's say you filled up the cart as high as it would go, all the way to the ceiling. Really? Uh, they got to give you 40% off. And the best part about it is at checkout, if you click the box that's, uh, that says three years uh, pay-as-you-go program, you got decent credit. They're going to give that to you and all of the deals. So all the deals are applicable with that. And uh, Jesus Christ, I mean, you could really have some savings. You know, you put about 10, 15 items in there. You're good to go. Head on over to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today. See if today's the day you get a new bedroom set. Next up, we got mybookie.com. Promo code drinking bros doubles your first deposit all the way up to $1,000. The casino's on fire now, dude. We just talked about this a couple days ago. A lot of people are in there playing roulettes, playing blackjack against others. We're going to have a live blackjack uh, night on the show here coming up next month. Looking forward to that. You are playing against live dealers. It's not a computer. It's not an algorithm, nothing. You actually get to see the dealer. Now, you might be saying to yourself, Ross, how the fuck do I get to see an actual dealer? Whatever time zone you're in, they literally will fucking zoom in that dealer from the Philippines or America or wherever the fuck these dealers are, and you're going to play against them. That way you know they're not fucking cheating, bruh. You want to hit? Hit. You want to hit on 17? Do it, dude. But uh, that's up to you. 
You're not going up against a computer who's going to bone you. You're actually going up against live dealers. That's a blast. Last night, if you tuned into sports, told you to take that parlay with LSU in the over. Congratulations. Go Tigers with an X in there. Uh, they were able to pull that off, and we won the parlay last night. UFC is coming up. That's always fun to bet on. And, of course, Joey Chestnut live on 4th of July. That's a blast to bet on as well. The over-under for how many hot dogs consumed will be up there soon. And then D'Anthony uh, and I will be at the UFC fight here in a couple weeks, and we'll have those odds for you as well. Head on over to mybookie.com. Promo code Drinking Bros doubles your first deposit all the way up to $1,000. Turn your love of sports into your new side hustle today at mybookie.com. Last but not least, we got hardafseltzer.com. 8% seltzers. Out in the world, we're in over 200 stores in Tennessee and Florida. Right now, Georgia is coming out next here in about, I think, a week, dude. I think it's coming out next week. Let's go, Georgia and Alabama. Bama's in there as well. We'll give you all those details soon. But in the meantime, if you're in Tennessee or Florida, head on into any Total Wines out there. Uh, They're stocked to the gills, dude, for 4th of July partying. Nothing better than partying with uh, 8% seltzers and just blacking out, dude. No carbs, no sugars, no gluten if you give a fuck about that. All the new flavors are in every single store. So you got the pina colada and the watermelons are out there in the world. Try them. Everybody loves them. Also, if you're heading out to the ballparks this summer down in Florida, uh, we are inside the Miami Marlins Stadium with the official seltzer of the Miami Marlins, the Tampa Bay Rays in baseball, and as well as the Tampa Bay Rowdies down there, which is a blast. That soccer stadium's awesome. They're on fire. Uh, big, big fans of those guys, and we're honored to be a sponsor with them. Tickets are cheap, too. Head on over to drinkerbrostickets.com. Grab those cheap tickets and then pop in the stadium. Drink some hard AF seltzers. Have a blast this summer, all right? Uh, now, if you're not in one of those two states, we ship to 40 states. Go to hardafseltzer.com today. Support us and support the show. We'll ship them right to your house. Whereas mine are all over the, the map. Like, I'll go into, like, old school George Strait, you know, where it's a lot of ups and downs. I think we need to get I a new Conway Twitter. And then I fucked him, too. Like, there's, you you know, go. I go up and down with it a lot. Do you, there's a song that Conway Twitty did. I hate to bring him up again. Oh, Twitty? Yeah. You can never uh, bring up too much Twitty on this show. It's, uh, the song is, it, the, the uh, chorus is, um, I see the want to in your eyes. He's talking to a married woman. Yeah. He's like, I know that you've got a good relationship and everything, but I can tell that you want to fuck me. It's essentially yeah. the song. This is a song from, like, the early 1970s. Do you know no, this song, that Ryan? song was written by Florida's I baseball guess- coach. Yeah, it was. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, Florida's baseball coach. This is the darkest story we've ever heard. We did it on RPR this morning, and I, I still can't believe it to this this very moment right here that, Wait, that it actually it's happens. a Conway Twitty song that was written by a Florida baseball coach? Should be. This, oh. this entire story about the Florida baseball coach uh, who lost in the championship game last night is the darkest country song of all time, and if you want to write it, feel free. I mean, I've never heard anything like this. Uh, he, uh, real quick, he, just, he fucked one of his Bat Boys moms. Yep. And she was married, mm-hmm. and the husband found out and murdered both the kids and killed himself and burned their house down. And was then it- she married the baseball coach. <laughs> and they're still married. And this was two years ago, and he just coached the national championship last year. Well, they night. lost. That's probably why. Uh, well, man, that's a country song, isn't it? Holy shit. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm stuck on I'm stuck on Florida losing because I was just at the bar last night watching it. I guess it was the game from before, but they won like 20-something to three. Correct. Yeah, that was they, that was game two. Oh, yeah, and then they got fucking crushed last night. What was it, 18-4 to four was yeah. the final in that? I turned, I turned it off. Not sure. Don't I, look. It doesn't really matter. But when yeah, I heard yeah. the story about that coach, that goddamn guy didn't deserve to win, anyways. You know, boning uh, uh, the Bat Boy's mom, and then then the whole family dies, well, and then they're still married. That right? I do. I mean, I it's look. Obviously, that relationship was over, anyways. I guess. Um, but the part that where the, the like Kick me out a winner, Bobby. There's there's nothing that you could. That uh, let's say I was married with two children, right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing that woman could do to me to make me kill my own children, right? That's not, uh, I mean, you know what I mean? Maybe myself. Women are crazy, so. right? They fuck you up sometimes, but t- to kill the kids—that's some Chris Benoit shit. It I feel sure like is, dude. I feel like the baseball coach at least saved her. That's the way I see it. I'm a glass half full guy. Uh, I'm I'm empty on this one, friend. And uh, <laughs> my God, they didn't bring that. They didn't bring that up once on ESPN. I was like. The fuck? <laughs> the fuck? We're, we're not. We're gonna bury the lead on this one. Literally buried about three or four oh, leads man. there, and I'm like, what the fuck? We're not gonna bring that up on his. That's SEC just baseball. To tell you buddy. how much of a loser he is. I know, dude. That's. I mean, it's just pure insanity. But that's country. You can turn all these dark subjects into huge hit songs. Garth Brooks did it. The fucking retard in the video, man. And I know I bring it up a lot on this show, but it's the best country music video ever made. Standing outside the fire is still the best country music video ever made in the history of country music. Yes or no? Okay. What do you What do you got I, as number one? For me? Yep, country music okay. video wise. Um, and I know Stapleton's doing these short films and shit. I watched the one with Ben Foster, uh, where she kills herself, and and that's super depressing. But it's like, man, I, I don't need to watch that video over and over again. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I get what he was going for in the artistry of it, but man, that was dark. Yeah, I don't, man, that's a hard, there's I'm, there's so many great music videos that, that have come out. Um, I thought uh, Thunder Rolls was pretty badass, too. I thought oh, that was a good shit. Movie. Yeah, dude. Garth, I Thunder mean, Rolls. Garth, Garth came out with some some pretty killer videos that had the storyline. I thought, uh, and you guys might, I don't know if you're going to like this opinion or not, but Brantley Gilbert's, um, what's the one where he's a moonshiner in it? That, that was a pretty cool uh, storyline uh, video. The audience will know. Hang on. Yeah, you know what's weird is uh, Blake Shelton, the God's Country, one of the biggest, uh, biggest songs, big, biggest song in the world, and that video sucked. And I was like, dude, you couldn't do anything but just drive around in mud in a fucking pickup truck. Like, go the distance, friends. That's a big song. He, go the be, distance. He's got to be beat old red though. He's got to beat old red, and that one was uh, that's a tough video to beat. I mean, that was a pretty cool video. Yeah, I, it's man. I, back in the day though, they really did it. They really, yeah. Martina McBride and all those gals, like, mm-hmm. they really fucking did it. Reba. Reba would tear up a music video, you know? Uh, That's what I try to do, you know, with ours. Every, every one of my videos, like the new one that we've got out, let's talk about heroes. They all have a storyline, you know, based on them. We try and try and do some kind of a storyline. Uh, I I kind of made it a staple for me to not not to change over from talking, to the, you know, about them to talking about my story. Stuff, but um fucking narcissist yeah um, you, you just did ryan way to go all right i did i did i, did. I got i gotta pimp this shit out man we got an awesome uh, music totally video that we came out with i'm super proud of with diana muller man and um the storyline on it is awesome we got jessica lynch in there we got don jenkins medal of honor recipient but wait jessica lynch the woman that was uh, uh pow in iraq 
first PO, female POW in the history of American comics. Ah, okay. She's in, yep, yep. And her story, by the way, I'm going to let you guys know the story that that the public and the military while we were in that we heard is not exactly how the story went. And if there's anything that we're seeing nowadays, how shit can get shifted for political bias. Uh, to make somebody look bad because they may make their chain of command look bad and all that kind of stuff. Um, there, there was a little bit of a, I mean, she, she did. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say that I've gotten to know her over several events that we've done. And, uh, that story, you, you ought to check that out. Like her, her side of the story, you know how there's always a let both sides of the story. Anyway, I'm, I went way off on a tangent there, but no, she's a great person. She really is. She's, she's a, an incredible human being and what she had to go through. Uh, was pretty insane as well. But yeah, I heard music, I heard from some dudes on that raid that things were much more brutal than the media let on with regard to her. Oh yeah, I mean, and then, and then, I mean they're, they're a unit that wasn't prepared for what they were they yeah. were in the middle of, and she called out she called out her chain of command for it, and of course they destroyed her in that regard because the chain of command, as as she's testifying in front of Congress, it goes all the way to the top at that point, was which essentially you're talking about four star generals that she's saying didn't prepare, you know. But so of course they're going to do everything they can to destroy. It. Think about this for a second. They rem- while she, they, while she was in captivity, they removed her femur bone and replaced it with a pipe. Oh god damn it, dude! Uh... Dude, if you hear about the shit that they did to her while she was in captivity, man, it, it was. And the same doctor that actually took that out, she tells a story. The same doctor that actually took that out of her leg and replaced it with a pipe was the one that ended up saving her. He's the one because she finally said she begged him to stop while she was awake because they had her drugged up and what it was. Dude, I'm gonna tell you the story and what she had to go through, and you know basically being a PFC on a fucking convoy that gets ambushed, and she ends up getting taken. Uh, you know there there was just a lot of shit that happened. Anyway, all that aside, why did they take? I'm, no, 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 no. Hang, hang on. Why why did they take her femur out and replace it with? Well, a it was pipe? broken. It was broken, and that was the only way they could fix it. No, it, they also did it for torture. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, yeah. they tortured her pretty significantly. I mean, because there were a lot of the surgeries she said they did to her while she was awake. Oh, Christ, dude. Good Lord. Yeah, yeah, dude. <clears throat> I'm telling you, man, It's that's the thing. There's so much stuff, so much that happened with that. And I was honored to have her in my video. As soon as I found out that she'd be willing, if you watch the Let's Talk About Heroes music video, she's the one that comes in and gets Diana Muller when there's a fire in the house. Uh, she's the girl that comes in and gets uh, that tells her that um, there's a fire in the house and Diana Muller ends up. A lot of folks, if you don't know Diana Muller, she's a head of the DC Project, professional three gun shooter, an incredible human being, uh, huge, huge Second Amendment rights, uh, women's rights gun advocate. Uh, just, a, I mean, just a sweetheart too. Absolutely love her to pieces. But uh, she's the lead character in the whole thing. So it's a pretty cool video the way that we did the storyline on that. And and I took a lot of the. The videos that I used to like to watch, like the Garth Brooks videos and the old reds and whatnot, that had those storylines that weren't just the, uh, hey, I'm like you said, driving around a pickup truck in the mud and singing them, you know, with all cars in the streets and doing different things like that. Um, to me, if I was going to make an impact and let people know who I was as an artist, I wanted to make sure to tell those stories as we did it. So, um, Ben got the Benghazi story with. You know, 13 hours, uh, Paramount giving us authorization, use the trailer clips in that music video, getting the Benghazi, getting. Uh, you, um, there you go. There's there's just, you know, that's that's what I love to do, have yeah. no storyline. Yeah, you know, speaking of Paramount, I was looking at this just now. Yeah. I was looking something up. 
<clears throat> you mentioned uh, the Nashville network earlier, TNN, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So TNN became the national network. Okay. And then it became Spike TV in 2003. Oh, shit. And then <clears throat> went defunct for a while. And then in 2018 became Par- the Paramount Network. Oh, that's right, dude. Uh, par- yes, yes. What a you're crazy right. fucking series like it's a 40 year old network but now it's paramount yeah which is the most popular streaming service other than disney right that exists sort of they're going through it right now they just keep 22 shows so i well they were for a while yeah yeah. they were for a while um that's wild i didn't know that and this song that you're talking about is uh let let's talk about heroes that's the name of it yeah uh and and is the music video uh it's on youtube I'm looking it's at on it now. youtube right now how many views is it at right now because we'll try to drive this up dude and about 150k great so let's try to drive this up to a million dude say, yeah. the, say the name of it one more time it is uh let's talk about heroes by let's ryan talk about Weaver, heroes yeah. and we'll post the yeah. link to uh in patreon i mean we could play it right now if you want yeah are we allowed to how does that work? Do you own the rights? You own the rights to this shit, right? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can do whatever you want to with it. Great. Do you mind if we play it for the audience? Who cares? I, I don't fucking drive it. If, if I could preface this real quick, yeah. I just want to tell you guys something. Not to make it, you know, a somber or anything like that. Heath Smith is the lead, the the father. He's there with his son at the beginning. Buster, uh, there. I mean, Heath is like a brother to me. Day before yesterday, his dad, who was uh, involved in getting the video done significantly involved in getting it done and the release on it. His dad was a, a an aviator. He, he flew private planes and was an instructor. Uh, he and two others uh, died in a plane crash two days ago. So when you guys play mm-hmm. this, uh, this, this playing of this video today, if you guys, uh, I'd like to send it out to Heath and his family. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. He's, he's yeah. An incredible band. 100%. Uh, Bob, if you can pull up the video and play it, um, we'll play it live on air here today. Um <clears throat> I appreciate you guys doing this, man. Oh, of course, yeah. dude. Yeah. I, look, this is what all of this is about. It's more than just hardcore gay graphic country <laughs> albums. Like, we're more than that, Ryan. I want you to know that. We're, we're way more than that. Um, we've got hearts. <laughs> we've got hearts occasionally. Um, and uh, and we'll play it here. Uh, Let's pulling it up. The uh, We wanted to do this video because I, I wrote this song uh with Craig Wilson, who's also in Burn, I wrote Burn with him. He he passed away a couple months ago. Uh, Dave Bray was also co-writer on the song. Um, but we we wanted to write this and, and do this video because there was so much hate that was being put out there by BLM and and you know our current clown in chief and all all the the folks up in Washington that for whatever reason hate law enforcement. Uh, I wanted to make sure that we did something that that spoke about them in the right way. My grandfather was also a belly gunner in World War II. Uh, I wanted to honor him because I hadn't written anything about him in a song, and we honored him at the with the military portion of this song. Um, so there's, you know, I, I think that our heroes that are out there that, that are watching this, I don't ride a bandwagon, get on the bandwagon, get off the bandwagon of support and standing next to my law enforcement, first responder, military, um, brothers and sisters in arms. I'm not afraid to uh, to speak honestly about it. And uh, we want to do something right by all of y'all out there. And hopefully everybody that get, that watches this will share it on all their social media and get it out there so we can blow it up even more. I appreciate you guys doing this. It means the world to me. Yeah, Absolutely. Dude. Go ahead and play it, Bob. Let's talk about yeah. Yep. We'll go full screen with that. Boom. Give it some volume. Get to turn that volume on. Yeah, I think friend. it's muted. It's muted. No, it's not. It is. Uh, I saw it at the bottom, Bob. Yep. Terrible. Daddy, 
Why was Grandpa a hero? He risked his life so we could be free. What happened to Grandpa in the war? Sitting on the water, Dad told a story bound. Grandpa flying through the skies like a rocket, both engines flaming out. Escape from the bottom of a freedom bird falling, the only one to make it home. Till a brother when the bugle played a sad song for him, standing in the rain alone. You saw Grandpa? I saw Grandpa too. And he said everything's gonna be okay. There it is. Cheers. Cheers, Ryan. Right on, man. 
Awesome, man. Congratulations on that. Yeah, it's um, nice to see um, <clears throat> one of these songs about this subject matter written by somebody who's actually served in the military. Yeah. Um, and somebody from a family who's sacrificed, like you, your family and your extended family have sacrificed quite a bit for this country. And, and, the you know the most uh, I guess extreme way you can sacrifice. So you you, uh, you mentioned some of it earlier, but you can you run us through some of that. Yeah, um, my bro- brother Aaron and I um, were deployed to Iraq together. He was with the 82nd. I was with the First Armored Division in 2003, and uh, on January 8th, 2004, he was a, he was actually a cancer survivor. Was non deployable. Uh, had got a waiver to be deployed. He had to get bimonthly blood screenings for the cancer, and he was a passenger in a medevac helicopter going to one of those bimonthly blood screenings on January 8th, and it was shot down, and he was killed in action. And we became a first-time Gold Star family. And then um, <clears throat> my brother-in-law, Randy Billings, was piloting a Black Hawk in Afghanistan in 2013. And on December 17th, he was uh, doing a reconnaissance mission on a cell phone tower. And Al-Qaeda had set up a IED that blew off the tail boom of the aircraft. A passenger was ejected actually at the top of the mountain and survived. And the rest of the crew rolled down the mountainside and we became a second time Gold Star family when Randy was killed. So it's, um, you know, being able to do, uh, having almost 21 years on active duty, my oldest brother, Steve served, my grandfather served uh, in World War II. My dad was a Marine. Uh, my brother-in-law that you met, he's law enforcement, cousins, law enforcement. We're all, we're a family of service, uh, uh, one way or the other. And um, my sister, Air Force, you name it. And, but um, being able to, I, I try, try not to get stuck in a pigeon or pigeonholed into being this military guy who only does military music or patriotic music kind of stuff, because crank it is not, it's anything but that. Um, try to do the mainstream thing and, and, uh, David Corlew, Charlie Daniels' manager, sat me down at breakfast one time, and he asked me why I was avoiding telling my story and doing, being, you know, being who I am as a country music artist or as a person in my music. And I said, well, I was trying to avoid being looked at as a military guy before an artist in town because that seemed to be um, an, a hindrance to get into the top 40. So that's why Crank It came, came out. And he said, well, Ryan, I will tell you this. Your story's real. You don't have to make it up. It's not contrived. You don't have to exaggerate. Um, and people will connect with the reality of the sacrifice that your family has dealt with and that you've had to deal with. And you are a true patriotic guy. You're, you are who you are. And country music fans can see clean through that. If you're trying to be something that you're not necessarily, you know, it, they put people through the mill, the record labels put people through the mill. They dress them differently. They make them do their hair differently. They make them sing different kinds of songs, you name it. Um, but you don't have to do any of that. You can be yourself because it, it'll resonate with the fans. And as soon as I did that, all right, he told me that that's really when we uh, we started working on Burn. Um, and that was kind of the the launching pad song to my career. Um, you know, when when Randy died in, in 13, it was a it was another motivator, more fuel to my fire to want to be successful. They sacrificed everything. They don't have a voice anymore. So I wanted to continue to be their voice. That's why I don't shut the fuck up when it comes to social media and when it, when I agree when I believe in something and I want to and believe in supporting our heroes and believe in loving this country and it not being a political conversation. That's why I don't, I'm, I'm never quiet because uh, I will tell you a lot of folks back down because they're worried about losing their jobs and those kind of things. But they don't have the same kind of motivators that I have behind me, which are my two brothers who came home with a flag. Well, awesome, man. Uh, great story. Uh, you got great music videos and music. Uh, highly recommend everybody check it out. Uh, in the meantime, this is the point in the show we get to the drinking bro of the week. 
which is someone who has inspired you or helped you become the person you are today, who would you like to give the drinking bro of the week to? Um, I, I'm going to give it to, uh, I've got so many people who have inspired me and stand, stand behind me. My dad's the greatest man I've ever known. Steve's the second greatest man I've ever known, but because of he's, he has, has, I've known him for, for years and he'll give the shirt off of his back to anyone. He's an immense, uh, immensely patriotic person. He was the head of respiratory therapy in his hospital all through COVID. Um, he, he, I, I'm going to give this one to Heath this week. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, and then tell everybody where they can find you on social media and YouTube and all that stuff. Uh, RyanWeaver.net is my website. Ryan Weaver Country on social media with the blue check marks. If it doesn't have a blue check mark, it's not me. There are a lot of fakes out there right now that are targeting women, which is fucking sick. But uh, I try and let everybody know about that. But yeah, Ryan Weaver Country. And the thing is, this I, if I could go off on, let me just say something that has nothing to do with your question. I'm sorry I'm so fucking serious. Like, you guys are hilarious, and I'm pissing my pants laughing here. And then when it comes to talking about my music and all that kind of stuff, because I'm not really that much of a serious person when it comes down to it, um, I have things that I care about, but, um, you know, and, and I'm serious about obviously this country and loving this country and uh, saving this country from all the shit that's happening right now. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, RyanWeaver.net, Ryan Weaver Country. If anybody, if you message me on those social media platforms, you're actually messaging me. You're not messaging somebody else. So if you have a question or you want to book me or anything like that, you're not going through an agent, you're not going through booking uh, folks, that kind of thing. You're talking to me directly. I do it all on my own. Yeah, and that's not to be confused with uh, Ryan Beaver Country, because I've gotten some uh, weird, weird beaver shots uh, from people pretending to be a female you. So I really wait, beaver? You out. mean like a vagina or yeah, an actual beaver? No, it's a, it's an Wasn't actual beaver with a cowboy hat on. Yep, yeah. yep, just an actual that, that beaver, dude. And that, oh, that, that was, was you. No. Okay, great. Yeah. All right. Yeah, okay, just so you know, the, the big, fur, the angry one. Like I looked like I was really mad, right? Pissed off. I mean, you were pissed off, and somebody <laughs> took. All of your the cocaine. Angry, you were all that was done. Angry that was my angry beaver with a cowboy hat. Style. Oh, yep. gotcha. So that was you. Okay. Yeah, that was, that was me. Yeah, Ryan Weaver Country on Instagram. Uh, you're everywhere. Uh, thanks for being on the show, friend. We, we greatly appreciate your time today. Dude, you guys are some incredible human beings. I can't thank you enough. I, I know that you guys get some much, much bigger names on here, and uh, you treated me just the same. I've watched so many of your podcasts, but I can't thank you enough for this. Oh, cheers. Hey, we appreciate it. Uh, speaking of which, we got some uh, some listeners in the yeah. show here that we'll bring up. Uh, come on up, kids. Thanks for being in uh, in Austin today. Hope you're enjoying some of those hard AF seltzers out there. It's 108 degrees. I'm sure you're just getting fucked up, uh, getting out of the heat here. Now, the pressure's on because a couple of these guys have been here for uh, Ross Patterson Revolution and this show. So you've had plenty of time to think about who your drinking bro of the week is. Uh, Tell everybody your name. Uh, Jason Stone. Jason Stone. Okay. Uh, Perfect. And where are you from, Jason? Uh, South Carolina. Okay. Charleston area. Look at you. Look at you. Charleston's beautiful. It is. uh, It's about like here, a lot of traffic and a lot of heat. Yeah, but you're on the beach at least. It's funny you say that. 30 minutes or so to get to the beach. Folly Beach, right? Yep. Folly is where I usually go. And it's, uh, well, unless you have a lot of money, then it's Isle of Palms. Is it Taco Boy? What's the place down on Folly, that Mexican joint there? I think it is. I typically I go Taco to Taco Boy. I go to Rita's. My first time I was in uh, Charleston, we popped down to Folly uh, 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 Beach, pull up, and a guy wasted in a golf cart backing out of Taco Boy um, drives in front of the car. We just slam on the on the brakes, almost killed this dude. 
and then he vomited all over the street in front of my car and i was like i think i'm home i love charleston i'm a big fan of it yeah i typically get right behind rita's There's yeah a little parking lot right there and i yeah. don't i don't stray too far off it's there the water and then i'm there back in go. yeah proud of you yeah <laughs> proud of you what are you doing out here uh, I'm at uh, Fort Hood for about a month. Oh, no shit. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. dude, thanks for stopping by today. Yeah, it was an awesome, awesome experience. Oh, Super dude. excited to be uh, here. We Look, you guys built this place, so we leave it open for you, and That's then you really guys awesome. can come out and give uh, Drinking Bro of the Week away. Who would you like to give Drinking Bro of the Week to? It, it's hard. Uh, probably my dad, though. Like, kind of cliche, but... Not really. I mean, look, man, anybody with a good uh, father in their life, a lot of people do that, and it's normal. Um, And then, you know, there's fathers like Alan Jackson who just beat their wives and kids. I love Alan Jackson. I actually saw him him a couple years ago in Charleston. (laughs) I love him. (laughs) Uh, Cheers, man. Uh, Do you like the seltzers? Yeah, that's the first one I had. Uh, Me and my wife talked about ordering them, but I hadn't had one before. And I was like, it was just... I started listening probably October, November of last year, uh-huh. and uh, obviously I heard about them. Yeah, yeah. And I thought about ordering them, and I, me and my wife were like, why don't you drink one first? And just dumb luck, I happened to be coming up here no for shit. a month, and I'm like, I'm going. I'm going to figure out how to get up there. I'm going to go, awesome. and then I'm going to try one. So. Well, thanks for yeah. being here, man. Yeah, awesome. Was we great. greatly appreciate it. And uh, we had another little homie back there was with his wife, came for a couple shows today. Pressure's on, hombre. And I can say that because you're Latinx. I can I can definitely say that to you. Uh, she's as a Latinxer. She's my high school friend. Uh, oh, you guys aren't dating? No. <laughs> Shit. No, we've known each other for quite a while. How old are you guys? Uh, I'm 26. She's 25. Okay. So. Can you be friends at that age without having sex with one another? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> Talk right into the mic there. Pro- yeah, probably. You're saying yeah. Yeah, we used to be uh, step siblings. Back then. Oh. That makes it hotter. Yeah, I was going to say that's two fetishes in one right there. Um, all right, yeah. it's, hey, it's fine. Yeah. You guys are of age now. Are your parents still together? Oh, no. Well, now's yeah. the time if you've been thinking about it, I guess. Uh, tell everybody your full name. Uh, Adam Signs. Nice. Uh, I'm from College Station, Texas. Cheers, man. Uh, who yeah. do you want to give Drinking Bro of the Week to? Uh, I'd like to give it to my dad. Um, he was enlisted. He was part of the invasion of Iraq. And when I enlisted, I always kind of, if I ever had a problem, I'd run it to him and he'd give me advice. So I've kind of modeled, not modeled myself completely off of him, Mm -hmm. but kind of like, what would my dad do pretty much? Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's taught me a lot. That's awesome. So a lot of discipline. Hell yeah. A lot of uh, all that. Pretty cliche. (laughs) But Look, again, not really, man. If you have a great dad, uh, it's worthy of. Uh, I'm I'm, uh, headed back to see mine now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, it's if you have a great dad, it's 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 worthy. It's not cliche, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, if you don't, then you, it's usually pretty dark, dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, it's pretty exciting being you know seeing y'all in person. Um, last time y'all were in Florida, I was leaving the day before. Prior uh, to that, shit, was that in you Tampa? on the Instagram? Yeah, yeah, dude. yeah. That was me. I was okay. like, I'm in the area. I got to see it. Motherfucker, we had a suite too. Yeah. And uh, we just opened up the suites to everybody. So there was like 50 people. In that and then when you went to Miami, yeah. I was flying out of Miami that day before. So I was like, God damn it. And then I was, I'm like, I got to go. We'll be but, back. Look, I uh, the Rays are in first place. So they'll go to the playoffs. Marlins are in second. It, it appears as if yeah. they'll get in. They get a good team. Hopefully work takes me back there because I actually yeah. like Florida. So, so do I. And then the Rowdies are uh, undefeated in their last nine. So they'll be in whatever form of, of their playoffs are. So I'm amped. We'll, we'll be back a shit ton. Yeah. Uh, and then I think we're supposed to go to LSU, FSU. I just had a call about it. Uh, yeah, I should go to my A&M. Bookie. 
Go to tailgate over in College Station. Bro. Big school. They got to have a good team, though, That's man. True. It's They're been always a disappointing. While. They'll beat Alabama, but then like lose to like a no-name team. Well, so like, that Alabama game we yeah. were going to go to, they ended up losing, I think, two or three games, and they were out of the rankings, and we couldn't uh, – nobody cares anymore. And I remember going over to Buddy's house. What was that? Was that the 51-48 to game when they kicked the field goal at the end? Yeah. 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 It went crazy. I was like, what? What the fuck? Um, I was working the bars over there at the time, and I was like, oh, the bar's about to get destroyed. Yeah. Like, it was insane. You sure are, friend. Can't wait for yeah. college football to come uh, back. Let's go. Yeah, I'm go. excited. I'm excited. Let's go. Uh, right. Appreciate you being here, kids. Go to iTunes, rate the show a five-star, and leave a quick review. Also, head on over to Spotify. It's just a five-star, and you can walk away. Fun fact. So on this show, I said, look, if you get over 10,000 reviews, I will shut the fuck up about the reviews on iTunes. I will never say them again. Uh, On Ross Patterson Revolution this morning, I said, if you guys got over over 2,000 reviews, um, I would wear a full GIMP costume. That happens. So I'm going to do that. And we'll do a a show uh, live as a GIMP on air. For 10,000, I'll just shut up and never have that sign off again forever. And uh, it'd be great, dude, because I, I don't know. It's the show might go fucking 20 years. Who knows, dude? I don't want to say the goddamn thing again. Just get it over 10,000. I'll shut the fuck up. That's it. Just go to iTunes. Uh, we appreciate you being here. Uh, you'll just have D'Anthony, D'Anthony Holloway tomorrow. Uh, I've got a flight out, and then I will be back with you uh, uh, live from Wellington, North Carolina. We appreciate it, though. For D'Anthony, D'Anthony Holloway, I'm Ross Patterson. This is the Drinking Bros Podcast. Good night, everyone.